Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a drunken dive into myths and legends. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I am Amanda. I am Julia. And this is episode 72, Lord of the Rings with Emma Scherzarko. Yeah, um, I really, really liked this episode, actually. I thought I knew a lot about Lord of the Rings. I do not know a lot about Lord of the Rings. I thought I knew uh, a normal amount about Lord of the Rings. Turns out I know nothing. Yeah, apparently I know nothing. And it's wonderful because Emma does an amazing job explaining it to us. Yes, we recorded this uh, an embarrassing number of months ago with her, uh, which is why you're going to hear us talk about how hot it is. She was in town to... Uh, record the Wolf 359 finale. That's how long it's been. Which, you know, you can now binge that. So you're welcome. It's a great podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) Speaking of which, you might recognize Emma as the voice of Commander Minkowski, uh, who is wonderful and an amazing human being. And I would marry her if uh, I could marry fictional characters. And Emma also now hosts a podcast called Pairing, where she pairs wine with art and culture, and it is absolutely delightful. And if you like the show, you're going to like that one. Yeah, and the reason that she is so uh, qualified for pairing wine with art and culture is because she is sommelier, and she talks a little bit about that in this episode. So we are really stoked to get there. Uh, but first, we would like to thank our newest patrons, Ashley, Jesse, 1159 to Midnight, which is a great name, Jeremy, Miriam, and Danielle. Welcome. Yes, uh, and thank you, as always, to our supporting patrons, Neil, Philip, Julie, Sarah, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Maria, Cammie, Lindsay, Ryan, Lynn, Mercedes, Phil, and Deborah. As well as our legend-level patrons who are getting a very special boozy-related package next week. It's really cool. Buggy, Rachel, Sandra, Ashley Marie, Leanne, Shannon, Cassie, and Ashley. You guys um, definitely are descendant from cool boat seafaring elves that's what i remember about this episode (laughs) yep checks out and when you're on your next uh boat journey whether you're an elf or not (laughs) okay you should download an audible audiobook they are our sponsor this week and we're going to tell you about two fantastic books later in the episode but for now you can go to audible.com slash spirits to start your free trial and redeem their offer for a free book or text spirits to 500 500 this week, we want to remind you, hey, our Patreon exists. And Patreon! we super want to go to Spaghetti Warehouse in Akron, Ohio. We want to go to Akron. It is the time of year where it's actually okay to visit the Midwest. Yes. And I want to do it. I want to see Editor Eric. I want to go eat in the trolley. Yes, I want to eat in the trolley too. And if you pledge just $1 an episode to our Patreon account, you make it easier for us to get to Akron, Ohio, which is a thing that I would never say in <laughs> real life. We are not that far away from this Patreon goal, so thank you so much so much to all of you who have supported us so far and for those who are about to join we salute you that's a pop culture reference i think uh yeah not i mean about to die but about to join is also good too oh okay well uh we're also gonna raise our glasses so um thank you so much again to everyone who listens who supports who recommends the show and without further ado enjoy spirits podcast episode 72 lord of the rings with emma scherzarko So welcome to Spirits, uh, someone whose voice we've been listening to for several years at this point and who is an incredible actress and has an actual book on our table, which we've never had before. I don't think so. Really? No one's brought a book to your table before? Emma Scherzarko. Welcome Hi. to Spirits. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm I'm so thrilled to be here because I, as we were just saying, I am a recent uh, Spirits convert um, <laughs> aficionado, um, and so I'm so excited 
to be here and talking about my favorite nerdy thing. So you're, you're like a five year vintage instead of like the 25 year vintage or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That was points for um, nice for for wine reference. Did it. Um, I think you were just applying your whiskey knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a 25 year vintage for wine is like pretty pretty old pretty good yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very good um i had a 1980 opus <gasps> at my uncle's house the other day oh my god he's like i got this your uh your aunt gave this to me as a uh like anniversary present back in 1980 that's and i just amazing. had this case for forever i'm like that's amazing it was really fucking good there there's a lot of people who come in because i work in a wine store and there's a lot of people who come in and are like i just had a baby i want to buy a really good wine that's like current vintage mm. so that i can give nice. it to them in 21 years and so that's that's, that's adorable yeah it's very cute and it's a great idea so yeah. wish my parents had that foresight yeah i'm gonna right? do that they're just now. like i have a baby i can't yeah, right now yeah. with anything. i mean to be like it's it's a it, it's sort of uh demonstrative of uh certain priorities i think the fact that like <laughs> new parents are thinking about giving their children wine in 21 years listen my but- priorities always <laughs> surround wine oh yeah always. me too me too nonstop. love it so emma um what are you gonna talk about so i'm gonna talk about tolkien and the silmarillion and the myths and legends of middle earth tonight i'm just um, i'm fanning myself because i know we have plenty of fans who are interested uh, in this topic uh, also i'm a little hot right now yes it's, it's also hot degrees. it's also hot but it's also like oh my god tolkien this is probably gonna yeah, like uh air in the middle of winter and everyone's like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, right. oh my god it's so cold well part of why i brought the book is because as I believe it was George Bush, George W. Bush said, the great thing about books is that sometimes they have pictures. And <laughs> I was like, I was gonna this say, is this is also the first time first anyone time has quoted George W. Bush on, our show. on the show. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if he actually said that or not. I think somebody told me he said that one time. And I was Listen, like, oh my God. Head canon accepted. Also, yeah. we'll take any apocryphal story about George W. Bush right. on the show. Right, exactly. What a simpler those time, were, right, y'all? Yeah, those seem like really wonderful times I know. at this point. Maybe that's so, a long con. Yep. I love this edition of the Silmarillion because it's got this nice map Ooh, of... Maps. So this is before Middle Earth. So the Silmarillion takes place during like the creation of time in Tolkien's uh, world that he created and the first age of the world. The Lord of the Rings, which we're all a little more familiar with, takes place during the third age, if that gives it a little bit of context. Like a millennia or two. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Too bad. So, Throwing so, a couple centuries for change. Exactly. Okay. So there's a few different ways I could talk about this because there's like the whole creation myth aspect mm-hmm. to the Silmarillion right. and you kind of have to get through that. And it's a fantasy book, but it's written more like a history and or kind of like biblical text. Right. Um, so it's tough to get through sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to read a lot of names and uh you have to like luckily Christopher Tolkien J.R. Tolkien's son like has like little references in the back otherwise it would be totally impossible that's some like Norton anthology of poetry style end notes (laughs) totally well it's also kind of like Game of Thrones you know like at the end of Game of Thrones or the Song of Ice and Fire books they they have all the lists of the houses and everybody in the house after reading the first book I turned the last page went right back to the first page and read it again yeah I was like oh I know who everybody is now this is helpful (laughs) yeah 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 That's awesome. Which is why I encourage people to like and watch is, the show and then go for it. So just to talk a little bit about Tolkien and his context, he was a 
philologist as well as an author. So I had to look this up. And Wait, I, can I guess? Yes, please do. Is it the history of philosophy <laughs> either a language ideas philosophy or the shape head thing it's very like it's it's very much that okay that was, that um, was throwing a lot of noodles at the wall it's, there, it's my sort friend. of it's it's the study of the um like theology history literature linguistics of a culture nice yeah that's so cool. yeah yes. he's pretty so basically like everything about a culture because we know tolkien as a ling- linguist definitely um and author um, and that's, you know, like he created several languages for these yeah. books that he wrote. For me growing up as a kid, you know, when I first read these books, this was the closest thing to religion that I ever had. Like I loved these books mm-hmm. so sure. much and like, you know, didn't necessarily, like I didn't believe that they'd actually happened, but I like believed in the world that he created. Yeah. They're very special to me and hold a very uh, dear place in my heart, as I know they do for many, many people. So anyway, so there's the creation of the world. And then it gets, it's kind of boring. And then (laughs) (laughs) Um, like the Bible. Yeah. It's like in the way that the Bible is both beautiful and interesting and boring. So there's a fair amount of that in this book. But then once the elves come into the picture. um, Nice. That's when things get weird. That's when things get crazy. I love it. Actually do. So I guess maybe the easiest way to um, to talk about it is just to like give a little brief overview of what what you get when what you're getting into when you read the Silmarillion. Do it up. So the first the first part of the book which is not technically part of the Silmarillion is called Ainu Lindale. So in um, Tolkien's language, Ainu Lindale means the music of the Ainur. What I find very, very interesting about Tolkien's kind of theology that, or like the religion that he created around um, his world is that it's both monotheistic and polytheistic. Um, Tell me more. So there is the one God. His name is Eru or Iluvatar, as he's called later by the elves. I go, I'm sorry, Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton. So God Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Because why Vuitton. give a person one name when you can give them 14? So anyway, so what I love about this is basically Eru, who's the one god in this world, mm-hmm. who's here for the first part and then not really for the rest of the book. Clockmaker god. Yep, yep, yep. Totally. He creates the world by creating music. And so he's got kind nice. of all his angels, which essentially angels who are called the Ainur, and um, they all create music together, and the, that music creates the world. Cool. So, I like it. Yeah. So the wine that we're drinking, the reason, part of the reason why I chose it is because it has a music note. It on, is very aw. good wine, And it's very tasty. He has all of his angels create this music. Um, the Ainur um, create this music that creates the world, essentially. But there's this one guy. Melkor, oh, that, one that one guy. Ugh, Melkor's the worst. He decides right from the get-go. He's like, Nah, I don't like this. I want to create a dissonant theme no. to the music of Iluvatar. <sighs> and so Melkor, of course, ends up being kind of like the devil figure. He's pre-Sauron. Mm. So if you're if you know the Lord of the Rings, if you've seen it, you know Sauron's the Dark Lord. He's the big big bad. Okay, so Melkor creates this dissonant theme. Iluvatar is basic Eru is kind of like, you know what? It's all part of my design. Now I'm gonna send a bunch of my angels, my Ainur, um, down to Earth to kind of 
create it and make it ready for my children. So the children of Iluvatar are the elves and the men. Um, okay. And they're going to wake up at different times. I feel like the dwarves got a bad rep here. Well, I know. okay, so I'll talk okay. about the dwarves. Sorry, in a I, I just like no, no, immediately no. my thought was put the dwarves. This is one of my this is one of my favorite parts of the story, and so this is where it becomes polytheistic. Okay, so it starts out kind of like okay, there's God, He creates everything. Yeah, cool. Once He sends His minions down to kind of take care of the world and make the world ready, um, then we're looking at the Valar or the Valar who become kind of the gods. And, huh. and you definitely see influence from Greek myths, Norse myths, in many of these gods. The Valar get sent down to Earth, essentially, is what it is. Or Middle Earth. It's called Arda. So the main gods are Manwe is like the head honcho. He's kind of, he's kind of Zeus-like. Um, you know, he's the god of the skies. Mm-hmm. He sleeps with everybody. He doesn't. There's not a lot Aww. of sex in Tolkien. That's good. Yeah. Um, he he, was, so his yeah. wife, his mate, I guess, is Varda. And she's actually talked about way more in The Lord of the Rings because the elves worship her above all others because she's kind of like the goddess of the stars. Good job, and so, elves. Right? Sounds right. Good right? job, elves. Sounds yeah, right. totes. Okay, so anyway, so there's Manwe and Varda, and they kind of live up on a mountain, kind of like Olympus. <laughs> Olympus. Nice, yep. nice. Um, it's but it's called uh, Teniquitil. They live in the Holy Land, which is called Amon, and the city of Valinor mm. is where. So, you, so in The Lord of the Rings, you hear a little bit about Valinor, and that's what they're talking about. That's where the gods live. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of Asgardian okay. a little bit, but not like a planet, but like a or not like a world. Gotcha. But just Realm. like an island. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of like Avalon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Kind of. Cool. Um, and breaking out all the men. Totally. totally. Yeah, yeah, girl. Like, Damn, girl, I got you that got one for sure. Yes. For sure. Do you think that he was um, making all of the mythologies that he knew so much about better? Or was he kind of like, so, you guys don't even know how this could be, you know, and like remixing them in an yeah, interesting way. So I've heard a lot of different things about what he thought about what he was doing. Um, in the foreword to The Lord of the Rings, which I was reading recently, he writes that, you know, because in The Lord of the Rings, a lot of people say, oh, this is so clearly influenced by your experience in World War One." All right, biographical scholars. Yeah. <laughs> give it a, give it a second. That? Yeah. And so, and so basically what Tolkien says is he's like, look, I didn't make anything. I didn't write anything to be like a direct allegory right. or analogy. To... That was for C.S. Lewis, his student. To yeah, do. exactly. <laughs> oh, sick burn. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> they were part of the Inklings. What a dream, right? I know. Get those guys drunk and just like totally. Oh my god! If I could go back in time, right? Totally. Meet meet me in Cambridge in nineteen. Yeah. If I could, whatever thirty. Yeah, it was the thirties and forties. Amanda's dreams is just to go back in history and join a bunch of societies. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so I feel like with Tolkien, like he didn't, he wasn't purposefully trying to use anything like so directly I think he was just sort of influenced by everything around him which is why I think it's very interesting that he's got the one god and then once you've got once creation's over Mm -hmm. you have the many gods Mm -hmm. like it it, it turns from a very like judeo-christian kind of sounding myth into into a more polytheistic kind of pagan kind of 
theology. That's a really interesting transition just it from is. a historical perspective because usually it is the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, like the one god Eru, like he's he's mentioned periodically throughout the book, like he exists, mm-hmm. but the Valar are much more central players in right. the story. So tell us how they come about and how they Yeah, have so a role. okay, so they're like they're spirits who come down to earth and one of them is Melkor, this guy with the dissonant theme. That douchebag. That douchebag. I just who... keep picturing Melchior Gabor from Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Like fucking of course this of course. is the one. No, totally. The and I and stirrer. I was like I was like looking it up. I was like, did he name him Melkor? Like like was that a reference to Melchior? Mm-hmm. Like um because there were many, like, historical Melchiors, and I don't think so. I think it was just, like, that's the name he chose. And, like, Tolkien made up thousands of names. So many At names. some point, names. some of them so are going to have some names. analogs. And also, but the, like, really frustrating thing is that he often reuses names. And so, like, <gasps> no! Celeborn is both the name of Galadriel's husband and the name of a tree. And, no. like, it's, you know, a very important tree, and, you know, it's, like... I mean, it kind of makes sense just from a historical perspective. Think there, how many Jameses there are. They're going to be Johns. No, it's, it's, they're gonna it's be fair. Daniels. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're the Valar. There's Manwe, Varda, who are kind of like the sky gods. Then there's Aule, and he's the one who's responsible for making the dwarves. There we go. Yes. That's so Aule, Aule is kind of like the smith god. He's kind of like nice. a Hephaestus. Yeah. Aule, getting it done. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way that I'm going to be able to remember any of these (laughs) names is to give them a really cute tagline. Totally. Like, oh, like getting it done. That's how I got through learning wrestling names, Amanda. That's amazing. They all just became blah, blah, dad. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the only reason that I know any of those wrestlers' names, Jules. (laughs) Money dad. (laughs) Shane McMahon. (laughs) Shane McMahon. Team Shane. And so Aule is married to Yavanna, who's kind of like the, the earth goddess. She's like Gaia. She's like, you know, she she creates trees and plants. Yavanna, get centered. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Aule at a certain point creates the dwarves because he's like, I can't wait for the elves and, and the, the men elves. like i can't oh so the dwarves predated they pre- the so they predate the, the elves and humans technically but once he creates them then eru the one god is like I like, didn't no, say you could time. do that. He's like, I didn't say you could do that. And Aule was like, and this is very, um, I think this is very much um, kind of Abraham-esque, mm-hmm. but Aule is ready to like smash smash the dwarves and kill to them. Oh, no. Yeah, and, Aule's, and Aero's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's cool. cool. It's cool. But you just have to put them to sleep until after the elves wake up. Aww. And those uh, elves getting preferential treatment over those dwarves. I know, so much privilege. So Aule creates the dwarves. Puts him back to sleep until such time as they can wake up again. But Yovana's like, I don't really like this because the dwarves are like going to cut down the trees that I planted and they're going to keep destroying nature and that I created. And so she goes to Eru and is kind of like, I don't like this. And he's like, okay, okay. What we'll do is we'll give your creations a voice as well. So those are the Ents that we oh, see in Lord tree of the Rings. People? So the tree people. Yeah, yeah the tree nice. people. I know. So so I, I love that story. That's one of my favorite parts of the early part of the book is like, Aula is like, I really want kids. And he creates his kids and Eru's like, not yet. 
And then Yovana's no. like, Yovana's like, Yovana's like, I don't know if I'm if I like his kids. And and so the <laughs> god is like, well, I'll let you create your own kids that can kind of counter his kids. It's like it's 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 just a funny. It's just like a funny story. I'm just like, imagining this as a very dysfunctional family. Yeah, yeah. Where like the cousin you don't like has children. You're like, yeah. well, we have to have kids now so that like these little fuckers don't mess with me. Totally. <laughs> I was picturing like a bunch of false starts in a board game where everyone's like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. And then and then just like not yet, not yet, not yet. You can't play that card until the third turn. <laughs> Why, mom? There's two more important gods to talk about and there or valar one is ulmo who's very much poseidon he's the god of the sea sweet and he kind of plays a role more than any of the other gods in the story because he's the god of the sea so he can kind of go to arda or beleriand as it's oh, called it's a physical island so he can like yeah go across those two like yeah realms. exactly cool. so he he kind of spends more time with elves and men during this cool. during the story than any other that's uh, super interesting because i don't think of the sea very often when i think of the uh lord of the rings lord of the rings yeah. right so it's very it's much not, like it's, mountains rocks you know under plains. the earth the sea is much more important in the silmarillion which makes sense because like that's more of like a primal humanity feature mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like things that are just elemental and important to us early. And then we get all caught up like making our own structures, civilizations, you know, adapting nature to our own purposes. And it makes sense that it would be less, I think, present. And then part of it is that like during this first early age of the world, like the elves and men are much more connected to Valinor and to the gods who live yeah, there. Yeah, gotcha. Like they're like real beings to them sure while in the lord of the rings it's more like they're theoretical ideas they're like they're they, like they exist but they're more an idea than they are like yeah. a reality yeah, wow. you, you move from that uh very much like anthropomorphic god to something mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, omniscient though. absolutely you theoretical yeah. yeah absolutely so okay so there's ulmo and then there's mandos who's very much kind of a hades figure he sounds like a good hades type name it is mandos mandos and mandos guards the hall the gates of the dead essentially the hall of the dead and he gives judgment um in certain situations what would like an anti-judgmental death god look like an anti-judgmental someone who's just like you did okay bud I like, feel like there wouldn't okay. be one. They would just enter and it would be like a lack of judgment and a lack of God right. in that sense. It would just be really good therapy. Totally. So that actually leads me to my to the Vala that I am most interested in. Whoa. And her name is uh, Niena. And a good she's, name. It is a good name. And she's kind of just like the goddess of sorrow. Aww. And she, well, but not just sorrow, but it, but it's like the goddess of empathy. Like Aww. real sorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like real sorrow. Wow. And I love that. I love that. Like she's, and she so, wants four of them right now. I know. Like let's, that, let's do that spinoff series. Like let's yes. find out more about Nienna, the like goddess of empathy. And oh my God. You know what? Like the fact that they come from music and create music in order to create yeah. the world, it makes so much sense to have yes. a goddess that, fits that category because uh, someone who controls emotion and embodies emotion that Mm. 100% fits with the world building that he establishes I love it yeah me too it's and it and like I I reread this recently and I was just like oh my god yeah because she's not very important to the like the the story Mm -hmm. sure she's one of the most interesting part like 
creations that Tolkien made to me. Hell yeah. Amazing. So those are the Valar. There's also the Maiar, who are kind of the spirits just below the Valar. Okay. One of those is Olorin, who, again, doesn't really factor into the Silmarillion, but um, that's Gandalf. Um, yep. Gandalf is totally kind of a god. <gasps> Um, that wow, yeah. amazing! Isn't that awesome? The wizards, the wizards are are gods who kind of get sent to Earth in the third age and become giant oh. dorks. Yep, <laughs> pretty Fair much, enough. and Old like to smoke dorks. weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, um, that good Hobbit Kush, yeah, for real. <laughs> that uh, Amanda's blinking at me. Did you not know that he smokes weed in the he, books? No. Yeah. yeah, your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind that too because he's smoking he's smoking mad weed and then he like makes weird smoke rings where they're not smoke rings they're like ships and shit that he could just blow out yeah Uh, but he's totally smoking weed yeah yeah cool Um, in character 420 blaze it for sure dash gandalf okay so the gods come down melkor is like i'm gonna destroy whatever you create and they're like you know what we put up with that for a while but now we're gonna chain you and like put you in prison Makes so sense. that you don't Bear. destroy the world. Maybe Bear. Maybe but they don't not. but they don't like banish him from the world. They just kind of chain him up for a while. Varda creates the stars and that's when the elves wake up. So the elves are called the Eldar because they're the star people. Speaking of the moon, at this point in the history of time in in Tolkien's uh conception of it, um the sun and the moon don't exist yet. But that seems like a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but there are these two trees. So Yavanna, Earth Goddess, creates two trees, or she plants two trees and they grow and they sort of have the light of the sun and the moon before oh. the sun and the moon exist. Oh. Um, and so there's one, the sun one is called Laurelin and the moon one is called Telperion, I believe. And so Orome, the hunter god, he finds the elves and he brings them back. But not all of them want to go to Valinor. So, so some of them stay on Earth, huh? Okay. And um, and some of them go with him. And there's three kind of races of elves that are important. There's the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri. And this story focuses very much on the Noldor. Okay. The Noldor are the most important. And the most important guy, his name is Feanor because he creates the Silmarils, which is what the Silmarillion is named after. I was going to be like, that sounds familiar. So the Silmarils are these three jewels, essentially, that he kind of like creates. So it's very interesting in Tolkien because like in the Lord of the Rings, it's like, okay, the ring is evil. And in Tolkien, there's very much this theme of worshiping objects Hmm. and those objects betraying you. And so everyone loves these Silmarils so much and covets them so much, including Melkor, who gets released at a certain point, which is not a great idea. That happens sometimes. Um, So Melkor eventually kind of poisons all of the Noldor against the Valar, the gods, and convinces them that they're like, you know, conspiring against them and trying to keep them from having dominion over the earth. I was worried hmm. that he actually poisoned them. No, and it was like, oh, no, you're he doesn't. Thing. He doesn't actually poison them. That's he good. just he like you know he's very he's very Loki slash devil like. Gotcha. So eventually, Feanor kind of becomes uh, separated from the rest of the Noldor, 
and, and they don't really like each other. And it's very complicated. There's lots of names that begin with F. Sure. Um, cool. There's there's Fingolfin and Finnerfin. Fingolfin. Yeah, Fingolfin. That's also what I want to name my child. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk. You can talk me out of it later. Fingolfin, Finnerfin are the brothers of Feanor. They all have children. Feanor has seven sons. Always Uh-oh. a good number. Always Something's going to happen yeah. to that family. Yeah. The so, seventh son and the seventh son ends yeah. up a werewolf usually. Yeah. Or the chosen one. It's a weird combo. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Things don't go well for Feanor and his seven sons. Yikes. So basically he decides to lead all the Noldor back into Beleriand or like, you know, the earth where the main action happens mm-hmm. away yeah. from the Holy Land, away from Valinor. Gotcha. And he unfortunately... Adias? Um, no, he kills a bunch worse. of the Teleri. Got worse. Um, who are the sea the sea elves? Oh no! no he killed yeah to steal their boats. No, just and steal so, the boats. Yeah, just so, perform a rap song and mm-hmm. say thank you. And yeah, then leave. and then it reference. gets it gets it gets worse too. So he he and his seven sons, not all of whom are like down with what he's doing. Um, they take the boats and they go across the sea and they land on, you know, the Beleriand in, in Earth where they're going to, you know, start to live. And they're like, cool, so should we send the boats back now to bring the rest of our people over? And he's like, no, nah, we're going to nah, burn. fuck them. No. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so uh, many of his sons are like, oh, shit, that sucks, okay, kind of. Yeah, and by this Ugh. point, Melkor, who is now named Morgoth, what? Because why not? Because why not? Is Morgoth the giant fire guy? Or? No, that's okay. so he. So that's a Balrog uh, of okay. Morgoth, and so Balrog. Yeah, totally, totally. You remember? Uh, Julia was like, "Um, I'm sorry." No, if no, you no, remember like, Orlando Bloom in uh in most of the Lord of the Rings movies, always states the obvious. So in the first <laughs> in the first movie, when they're in Moria under underground, and he's like, "It's a Balrog." Morgoth. <laughs> and uh no one... audience surrogate totally, Orlando Bloom. Totally. Okay, oh, let's backtrack a little bit. Galadriel is one of these first elves. She's one of the Noldor. It's the lady one. Hot She's one. the lady one. She's Kate Blanchett. Gotcha. Um very and important so, the yeah. actress because yep. otherwise I wouldn't picture it. Yep. <laughs> and so she she's one of those elves and she comes. You know, she's one of the ones that gets left behind after he burns the ships. Feanor burns the ships. She and a bunch of the other Noldor, they decide to walk across, like, this land of ice to get into Earth. So they get to Beleriand, and, like, Morgoth's like, I'm going to kill you. And he doesn't kill them all, but he does, Feanor does die. The, The guy who made the Silmarils dies. Oh, but I forgot this part. This is the important part. There's now a curse on Feanor and his seven sons because they have vowed an Obvi. oath. Obvi. Obvi. Because Wait, hold on. Is this how we get the ring wreaths? Or no? no? I just I immediately no. go it's, curse and then it's, weird dudes. Well, and but but there's like there's very much a parallel between this story mm-hmm. and what happens in the Lord of okay, the Rings. Cool, it's cool. like it's textually setting precedence for uh, the main series. Yeah. To yeah. Also, at this point, Morgoth has the Silmarils. Gotcha. He steals Ooh. them with the first giant spider evil lady, Ungoliant. <laughs> of course. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's more than one? 
Yeah, there's 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 they Ungoliant. They just can't keep living, Amanda. Yeah. They and she <sighs> she's kind of a badass too, or she's more of a badass than Sheila because she can like create a cloak of darkness Whoa. and like she eats light. Amazing. Um, yeah. I so that. so she eats light and that kind of feeds her and she creates more darkness from it. Ooh. And so she actually kills those two trees that are so important. God damn it. I know. Killing the cool ants and trees I know, and shit. I know. And um but Yavanna's able to like save just a little bit from the trees and from that she makes the sun and the moon. So mm-hmm. that's Whoa. how the sun and the moon come good. to exist. Exactly. Imagine if the trees were still there, how brilliant and bright Can that would imagine? be. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Maybe a little too bright. It's almost like an allegory for moralism. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really stick um, to, to the particulars of the story because I'm two gins in. Oh, that's but fine. I can definitely pick up on the like shape of it. Well, yes. no, and that's the important part. And yeah. like this is this is the thing uh, is that like unless you're a, a nerd like me, like you got to go for the good stuff in this in mm-hmm. this book. But isn't that why um, it's cool? Like as, as a series, like yeah. casual readers or listeners can enjoy the fact of it. And I think nerds so. Nerds can like dig in literally endlessly. I true. I really like that, and so I do want to get to the to the like. There's a couple of really great stories in the book. That's not just like history. Hell yeah, yeah. Ooh, this is a heck of an episode. And uh, Jules, I know that people who love stories are going to be loving this app, mm-hmm. but they can only listen to Spirit so many times. I mean, but maybe three or four times through the back catalog. Mm-hmm. Once they run out, what what's a girl or guy or NB to do with their time? I mean, obviously go download an audiobook from Audible. Audible.com slash spirits, in fact. Or this is fun. You could even text spirits to 500, 500 and get the URL texted to your phone. Texting is so easy. If you don't want to remember so many things or just want to remember numbers, just text spirits. 500, 500. Jules, what book are you recommending this week? I am recommending this week The Stars Are Legion by Cameron Hurley. It is a beautiful space opera that is just angry and like just it's like it makes me feel a lot of things. But as <laughs> as someone who is uh, typically described as a podcast barbarian, it is one of those... Self-described. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, self-described as a podcast barbarian. I really, really love the way that Cameron uses rage as like a reading lens for this story. And it's all about war and memory and like moral and like gray moral ambiguity. And it's beautiful. Our favorite stuff. And also it's a sapphic lesbian sci-fi in space w l w space yep love it wonderful and this week i am going to recommend an awesome book not in space but in harlem called the poet x by elizabeth acevedo those are very different places yes uh she is a spoken word poet and this is a really beautiful uh kind of short audiobook just three and a half hours uh narrated by her so you really get that beautiful like performance quality to the narrative it's like the best of poetry with a long enough narrative that it will you know take several commutes or car washings or gym sessions or whatever it is that you're going to do um but it's incredible it's like a novel that's in verse as well so it's story it's rhythmic it is entrancing and i cannot recommend it enough yeah it's beautiful and the nice part about audible too is 
hey, if you get an audiobook and you don't like it or there's a story just isn't for you or something like that, they have a great listen guarantee. So if you don't like it, you just swap it out for something new. Yeah, you can control the speed of the audiobook. You can switch back and forth between like an ebook and the audiobook with their whisper sync for voice. Um, and my favorite thing is that you own the book. So even if you decide to, you know, take a pause or to suspend your membership, you still own the book. You can still listen to it. It's not like a rental or streaming type situation. Yeah. Uh, so you can get started. Just go to audible.com slash spirits and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. And you can download a title for free and start listening today. It's that easy. Yeah. Or if you want, you can text spirits to 500 500 and get that link texted to you. Right on. Right on. Thanks, Do Audible, for sponsoring us. Yeah, thanks, Audible. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. And now let's get back to the journey. The first story is the story of Baron and Luthien, which is very much the predecessor to Aragorn and Arwen. Ooh, nice. Um, I like the name Luthien, not going to lie. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yes. Luthien. Yes. So, okay. Backtracking again a little bit. When the elves first came to be, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so the Teleri, the sea elves, some of them stayed behind. Cool. And most of them followed this one guy um, who now is known by Thingle. Not, um, not my favorite. Not name. the greatest. Not name. the best not name. The not name. the best name. It's like you meet a really hot guy, then he's like, "Hi, yeah. I'm." He's Wilbur. kind of the and way like, he's oh. the way he's described in the book. So basically, he falls in love with one of the Maiar, who are like the lesser gods. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Who one happens of the to be level her, people? Sort of. Yeah. Gotcha. And her name is Melian. Hmm. And Good kind witch of a, name. Kind of a nice name. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. kind of a witch. She's kind of like a forest witch. Same. And so they fall in love. And he becomes kind of like a silver fox, like his hair turns gray. And so, and so all of his followers are now called the Gray Elves um, or the Sindar. I, see, I had to defend myself <laughs> right there. Like, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my jam. That's right. Julia's in. So they have this domain in kind of the center of, of the earth um, called Doriath. And Melian kind of protects their forest um, so that no evil can come into it. Nice. And they have a daughter named Luthien. And Luthien is half elf, half god, kind of. Amazing. Um, and is like so, so pretty. Um, and really like like dances and is like really pretty. Um, when the sun and the moon are created, um, when the sun rises for the first time, that's when the men wake up. That's when humans wake up. Gotcha. Right, row. Um, and so elves don't die unless they're like killed, yeah. unless they're yeah. slain. But men do die, yeah, and sure. we don't know what happens to them after they die. And it's really? actually, yeah, it's a really kind of beautiful thing that Tolkien wow. talks about in the book, the way he talks about the fate of men, like, and like, no one knows where they go. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and that in itself is a gift. So it, I think it's kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. We weren't like, prepared for this to get I real. I know. It gets, it gets pretty, it gets pretty intense. Wow. Like the elves, like they die, but then they go to the Hall of Mandos, the kind of Hades god. Mm-hmm. And then after like a thousand years, they can come back to life if they want to. Wow. But that men, seems like a sweet deal as well. Yeah. You know, like I'm not sure. I mean, I think I would prefer like the eternal life thing. Mm-hmm. But 
Wow. I like the way that Tolkien kind of talks about death and is like, it's not a curse. It can be a good thing. It's a beautiful mystery or an opportunity. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Some men are like, the elves are like, cool, we're down with you. And one of those is the family um, that Baron comes from. And there's a bunch of battles and like things are not looking good for our heroes. Oh, no. um, but somehow Baron makes it into this magical land of Doriath, the forest. Good where, job, Baron. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And he sees Luthien and he's like, oh, my God, I love you. Classic. And I want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. I want to. I want to marry you and spend all our time together yep and so eventually she's like yeah i kind of love you too oh um, nice and that but really my, my dad's my dad's really not gonna like this and so they go Yikes. and talk to thingle her <laughs> dad thingle. oh poor thingle oh <laughs> you have such a good daughter's I name know. and then there's I thingle know. i know there's thingle melian and luthien the ladies have such pretty names yeah like luthien as a lady particularly like fuck yeah sign yeah. me up yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what I love about this story is because is that it's it's like a fairy tale romance, but Luthien is totally way more of a badass than Baron is. So good. Um and so basically Thingol uh tells Baron he's like, "Okay, if you want to marry my daughter, you have to go get a Silmaril from Ooh, Morgoth." Oh, that's not good. And you can't just yeah. go to Cheesecake Factory? No. Nope. You can't just get it from nope. Cheesecake Factory? No, you can't just no. get it from the Cheesecake Factory. Nope, you can't. We don't have the Eye of Sauron yet. Though, so at one point, uh, he does have to fight Sauron, who uh, is kind of like a servant of Morgoth. Um, and actually, I believe Luthien is the one who defeats Sauron in that situation, because she Hell always yeah. does. So basically what happens is um, Baron goes off to get the Silmaril, and he finds one of the elf friends and they kind of go on this journey together. But then they find Sauron. Sauron kind of kills everyone except Baron. I know. Um, and they're, and he turns himself into a werewolf. Cool. Whoa. Yeah. There's werewolves and vampires in this story. What? Oh, so I know. good. I know. It's so good. So good. You don't see enough of that in Tolkien in Lord of the Rings. Sounds like personally. a miniseries. Totally. Oh, my God. This is like my life dream. This would be the next make. Game of Thrones, yo. Yeah. yeah it dude. totally could. It totally, totally could. She finds this kind of magical dog whose name is Huan. Aww. And he and he's her loyal, faithful servant who's Aww. also Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I cute. love it so yeah. much. Um, and so, you know, he he she gets to ride him and find Baron. Oh yeah, she gets when Baron first leaves and she she wants to go after him. Of course, her father like locks no, her in cannot. a tree. Yeah. And you know, in a tree, like yeah, yeah. Do, when you're <laughs> um, a half elf, but she's magic, so she um grows her hair out really long and she climbs down her. Oh, hair. she Rapunzel's herself, yeah, she Rapunzel's okay. herself, cool, cool, cool. She, she totes Rapunzel's Rap herself, Rapunzel's down the side of the tower, yeah, uh, get it, like, so okay, okay, um, and then she finds Huan the dog, and they go and find Baron, oh. all of his elf friends have died. Oh. Um, but she and like the wolves are evil and Tolkien really doesn't like wolves and he really likes e eagles. Um, okay. Understandable. Okay. Eagles are a really big theme. But Luthien goes and basically rescues Baron because men, yeah. need, men need rescuing by Classic. women. Yep. And, Good. I'm glad Tolkien um, understood that. He did. He really did. Like very much in the Silmarillion. It's very much like, yeah, you listen to the women. So, so then they go to like go to where Morgoth is 
um, in oh, Ang no. Band. Ang Band is like the first Mordor. Whoa. Dope. Yeah. I want to so hang out there. I, I don't New York's know. hottest club. Yeah. Is yeah. Band. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the snake hole lounge. You need a yeah. to yeah. get in. Pawnee's you most dangerous, hottest club. Out. Yeah. It only said dangerous. <laughs> They go to Ang Band, and there's of course a wolf. Gotta be. Wolf. Oh yeah, and she's dressed. She's she's put on the hide of a of a vampire, and Whoa. he's put on the hide of a wolf, and that's nice. how they're disguised. Dope, dope, dope. Okay, um, strong look, doing good for sure. Super goth, um, truly then, the gothest. Truly. Yeah, the most goth. And um, but then there's this other wolf guarding the gates of Ang Band, and um. And so Luthien has to, like, cast a spell on him to put him to sleep. And then they go into Angband, and there they find Morgoth, who's, like, so much worse than Sauron. He's, like, so evil. And she basically is like, Baron, I got this. And she dances for him and kind of makes him fall asleep as well. Right on. Um, So then Baron cuts one Silmaril out from his crown, and he's got it. He's like, sweet. But then he gets a little too greedy. Oh, no, man. And he's like, maybe I can take two. Don't no. jack in the beanstalk that shit. Exactly. So no. so he tries to cut the second one. The blade breaks and cuts Morgoth across the cheek <gasps> and he kind of wakes up. So they're like, we got to book it. So they run. But that by that point, the wolf, the like wolf guardian. Done woke up. He woke up. Uh. And he decides to uh, bite off Baron's hand that has the Silmaril. <gasps> and proceeds to go crazy because nothing evil can touch the Silmarils without being burned. So he's got this like holy, holy rock. jewel yeah. inside oh. himself and is just kind of like burning from within. Yikes. Yeah. So this wolf goes crazy, like runs away. Baron's kind of like dying. Um, but Luthien sucks the poison out of the wound. She's just killing it right she now. She really is. She's such a badass. And so her dad's like, well, where's the Silmaril? And Baron's like, I have it in my hand. And he like shows him his cut off hand. He's like, look he's at like, my stump. Yeah, he's Aww. like, it's in my hand, I swear. My hand is just in, in a crazy wolf. In the stomach of a wolf. Yeah. And so by this point, um, the wolf has made its way to the magical forest of Doriath. Dope. And so... Baron and a couple other people go out to hunt it, mm-hmm. including Juan the dog. Yay. Yay, Juan. <laughs> so cute. Sadly, Juan. <gasps> no, no dog death in our podcast. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But he, he introduced him just to kill him. I'm sorry. Um and he's got more like there's more stuff that happens in the story and he like, lives he, a full all right all right all yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to make lived, it better. he went Come to on. doggy heaven okay good. um Thank and you. <laughs> i will choose to believe that yeah well actually he did theoretically come from valinor so he probably went back there and was just all right, like all right i'm a spirit dog now and um baron is mortally wounded as well during this and he dies <sighs> yikes um, buddy and but luthien before he dies is like don't go away. Don't go to the place that men go when you die. Wait for me. Aww. And so he... That's really sweet. It's very sweet. And um, and also, I was reading recently that Tolkien based this story very much on his relationship with his wife, Aww. who he was with from the time he was 16 to when he died. No, take it back. Take know, it back. I know. I know. It's so... Oh, so many feelings. Um, so basically, Baron dies, but he goes to Mondos mm-hmm. um, instead of going wherever men go when they die. Okay. And yep. Luthien kind of falls into a swoon, and her spirit goes 
to him. Cool. And they go to Manwe, the kind of Zeus god, yeah. for mm-hmm. judgment. Because um, she's like, I want to, you know, save him. I want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And Manwe is basically like, basically like, okay, either you can stay here in Valinor and live in the Holy Ram- Realm forever, or you both can go back to Earth, but you're mortal. Mm. So you're not going to live forever, and you will share in the fate of men. And she's like, I'm totes going to do the second option. This is like so, a reversed Disney's Hercules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. Great. It yeah. is. And so, and and this is very much like, for those of you who have seen The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, the story of Arwen and Aragorn, like. Is basically this. It's very, very similar. Gotcha. But. Luthien's way more of a badass than cool. Arwen is. So no offense, Arwen. No offense, Arwen. You're you're very cool too, and pretty, um, and very pretty also. So they go back and they live um, as mortals. Wow. Um, and eventually they do die. All right, um, but like, but they, together they and in love. But together and in love. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a very beautiful story. Um, it's and this is Tolkien's kind of like fairy tale romance he did real good yeah he did i'm happy with it um and apparently the dog dying i know i know that part's sad there is like like the silver lane is very very dark which the next big story which is the only other big story Mm -hmm. in the silmarillion is the story of turin turambar who's the guy who has like 17 million names sounds right i'll i'll do this one a little bit more succinctly because it's a little less I mean, it's a badass story because there's dragons in it or there's a dragon in it. Sign me up. Totally. So basically, Turin is a man who... Got a lot of names. After Baron... Yep, he's got a lot of names. After Baron, Thingol is like, I like men. So... (laughs) Can't get over Thingol. Phrasing. Phrasing. Super in. Yep. And so Turin gets to go live in Doriath with Melion and Thingol and can't every time every time time. Um, so good but so he does but he grows up and it just kind of like everything goes wrong with him and um his father is being held captive by Morgoth and basically Turin like he's such a boy like you know he gets into a fight and he like throws a glass at this guy oh no and then and then the guy is like follows him the next day and is like why'd you do that like fight me and the guy and he and so Turin like strips him naked and chases him and the guy eventually is so scared that he like falls and falls to his death and Torin's <gasps> and Torin's like oh shit I That's should probably like leave falls. yeah and he should and so he goes and he joins like this band of outlaws typical you know like join a gang yeah. you know like you know he's become just a highwayman he's just a bad boy and tattoos yep um and then he kind of like takes over this dwarf's house don't do he, that. Like, yeah, he like lives with this dwarf. Poor dwarves. With, I know. My takeaway I mean, here is he's, poor dwarves. I know. I know. Dwarves really get the short end of the stick. In, Apparently. Um, in this. Uh, short end of the uh, stick. Because they're short. <laughs> um, <laughs> poor dwarves. Turin has this one elf friend who comes and follows him, but he ends up killing him by mistake. <gasps> and like like everything goes wrong for Turin. No. Um he also has a sister and but he hasn't seen his sister or his mother for like 20 years. Is he going to fall in love um, with the sister accidentally? Uh-oh. Is yes. It go? It's going to be a Star I Wars. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to um, be a Star I think I like to I like to think of it a little more like um like pre Game of Thrones 
Like this okay. is kind of like the more tame version of Game of yeah. Thrones. I'm sorry. Why haven't I ever called a Game of Thrones release night party pre-Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh my God. We fucked up. We fucked up. We fucked up. We, we have one more season. We have one, one more chance. We have one more chance. One more chance. One more chance. One well, true I guess. Well, no. Maybe? I mean, we've got, we could do it before all of the episodes. That's so true. We have That's seven true. more chances I think or something. That's true. Oh. After at, when once Game of Thrones is done, I'm gonna do my uh, Silmarillion miniseries. Fuck so, yeah. yeah, I'm here for <laughs> it. Good at us. So he kills his elf friend by mistake. He goes and lives with, um, and you know he's already given himself another name by this point. He goes and lives with other elves, and he gives himself another name. I um, now get why he needs the multiple names because of the multiple crimes. Exactly. Yeah, he kind of well, he he tries to put everything behind him. He's going but full it catch work. me if you can. It, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, or like um, Name of the Wind, which is a series yeah. of manifold fuck ups mm-hmm. based on ego. Yep, and a guy trying to I quietly. Love, I love that them. series. It is real entertaining. It is very entertaining. The dragon comes to where he is. The dragon puts a spell on him. Whoa! The dragon also puts a spell on his sister and his mother. His sister kind of forgets like she loses her memory no. and can't talk anymore ah. Turin finds her not knowing who she is and kind of teaches her how to speak again and like kind of takes her in under his wing Ruh-roh. they fall in love mm. but what kind of love um and then he goes a out friendship love a yeah. one-sided love based yeah. on power differentials well no in in theory she loves him back but then the dragon comes back and turns like i gotta go fight the dragon and secretly she her name is neonor but he calls her niniel you know close yeah, okay, close. okay. Right. same same but different i'll allow it she follows him and he kills the dragon but kind of like when he kills the dragon, the dragon's blood spurts on him and kind of like sends him into a swoon. Yeah. And so he kind of falls asleep. I love the swoon. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So many swoons. Turin has fallen asleep on, on his sword. Oh, yes. I, I I left that part out, but he fell asleep on top of it. Not like in him, but like just on, we were worried. Yeah. Not yet. Um, so then Neonor comes and the dragon is dying. His name is Glaurung. Um, but Aww. before he dies, he wakes up and he releases her from her spell and gives her Aww. back her memory. Oh, and now nice. she feels all fucked so up. So now she knows that she married her brother and is carrying <sighs> her brother's child. Oh. See, that's a <sighs> shitty last thing for that dragon to do. Yep, yep. The dragon's Yikes. pretty evil. Yeah, they pretty usually evil. are. And at least in Tolkien. Yeah. Um, not in Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, which, in other which genres, I appreciate. we're cool, but yeah. dragons yeah. are douchebags in Tolkien. Yeah. And Harry Potter, they're just like, I'm a toddler, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> I think Harry Potter dragons are the best dragons. I have a large they animal. Why yeah. are you fucking with yeah. me? Yeah, I know. Yeah, let me sleep. Let me sleep. And, you know, you kind of piss them off. Don't and they, take my eggs. And they, you know, spit fire on you. So she's made aware of what um of who she is she again fucked up so she jumps into this cavern <gasps> yeah. uh or this like kind of waterfall kind no. of thing and uh she dies no yeah. yep it's like the oedipus thing why did Tolkien there is, think yeah. up oedipus is definitely um inspiration an for this. inspiration for this yeah. story inspiration um, <laughs> inspiration uh, yeah oh uh, 
Emma. Wow. Well, she did it first. I just said <laughs> she, it louder. She just said it more distinctly <laughs> than I did, which um, is fine. Take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's this guy who overhears all this, which is important because Turin wakes up because he didn't die. He was right. just in a swoon. It was just a convenient commoner. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so the guy, well, he's also, he's in love with Neonor. It's very Someone sad. A little late, my dude. Yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a little sad. Turin wakes up and this guy tells him and everyone what he saw. No. Turin doesn't believe him um, and kills him. <gasps> Turin, no. He just makes all that, like his heart's in the right Every place, but he, but he makes so many bad decisions. Like Achilles. Make yep. a choice and yep. then do the opposite. He's kind of, he's the, tra- he's the classic tragic hero. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and in many ways, this story is the most interesting to me because it doesn't like it's not crucial to like the the overall arc of the story. It's right. just like this kind of fucked up story in the middle like of human beings, y'all. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. That, that cute little soap opera in the middle of all of the world building and plot related exactly. stuff. Exactly, wow. exactly. Nice. So, but eventually, Turin finds the guy who was with his sister when she went crazy and when the spell was put on her and he's right. like yeah and she like she woke up and she couldn't remember who she was and she ran away confirmation and, yeah and so he was like oh fuck like that I did marry up. my sister uh. and so he falls upon his sword yeah. um, and and so his name the, the only important other name that he has is Turambar and that means master of fate um, not so much master, yeah, not so much not, not so much so so what i love is it, it, well yeah so um this is one of the few things that i remember how to say in elvish because i think it's i forget who says it about him but it's like turin turumbar a turun ambartanen which means a master of fate by fate mastered oh um, i was like there's definitely a pun in there just yep, from the way it was that, structured yeah that's exactly good, good parallel construction exactly so that is the story of tour and tour and wow if you don't want to read the whole silmarillion you can read that separately yeah um because christopher tolkien uh J.R.R. tolkien's son released a book called the children of hurin cool um hurin's their dad and so you can Aww. just read this story as a separate book. Nice. Also, apparently, he released um, Baron and Luthien recently. Cute. I still haven't bought Picked that book. Yet. I haven't gotten it. Haven't gotten around to it. That was less of a roller coaster than a like toboggan straight to tragedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a much. tragedy toboggan. It's just a tragedy toboggan. It's like if you feel like you want to be sad read this story if you're feeling a little bit too optimistic <laughs> about the world yeah exactly a little bit like newly in love you know like newly just happy yeah just just treat yourself with one of these totally <laughs> um so everything that happens after that is like very quick mm-hmm. um and it's important many other elven kingdoms are destroyed by morgoth uh, one guy, Arendil, who's mentioned in the Lord of the Rings, is yeah. able to make it to Valinor and be like, please, please, please save Do the world. Do something about this asshole. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the Valar are like, okay, because you asked. And so <laughs> so they basically come in and they fix everything. The, the one thing that I wanted to mention, um, for those of you who are Lord of the Rings fans, Arendil is also half-elf, half-man mm-hmm. from a different lineage, um, and then he marries Elwing, who is like the, she's the granddaughter of Baron and Luthien. Cool. Ooh. They together have Elrond 
and Elros. So Ooh. you remember Elrond yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Not Elrond Hubbard, but Elrond. No, Elrond, <laughs> like the Council of Elrond, that super long scene yeah. in The Fellowship of the Ring. I cool. got you. Um, Elrond and his brother Elros are given the choice of whether they want to be elf or man, if they Ooh. want to be immortal or have this like weird mortal life. Yeah. Elrond decides to be an elf. Obviously. He has Arwen, who yep. we see later. She's his daughter. Mm-hmm. Elros decides to be a man, but they, um, but he kind of founds Numenor, which becomes this very Atlantis-esque land of men in the second age and so there's a part in the silmarillion um at the end after the silmarillion that's called akalabeth which is about the downfall of numenor Hmm. but from elros comes aragorn so technically technically if you think about it arwen and aragorn second cousins or something they're i mean they're like kind of like 50th cousins yeah. or more nice. than that like grand um, grand grand cousin or something yeah like like there's 500 years of men between elros and aragorn right. distant relatives maybe thousand years of men between them or something like that yeah. whereas arwen was born like right gotcha so so she's like way older than him but anyway i just think that's kind of fun that's yeah, pretty that awesome little. by the end of the story melkor is pushed at, into the outer confines of yeah. the world Whoa. Um, so he can't come here. back get him out of here goodbye but uh sauron's still around they they didn't they couldn't find they didn't him. worry about him they couldn't find him um <laughs> he ends up he he's the one who brings about the downfall of numenor and as we learn later creates the ring of power and yeah. fucks shit up and frodo has to come and to destroy him yeah yeah, yeah, the Frodo. hobbits. Go yeah, hobbits. Frodo, yeah, go hobbits. Um, our small boy. Our small little boy. The Silmarils all end up in a different place. One of them ends up in the sky. One of them ends up in the sea, and one of them ends up in the earth. Classic. Nice. Galadriel is the only one of the like main Noldor who came over from Valinor who survives. Whoa. Yeah. So interesting. It's well very done. very interesting. So yeah, that's a that's a not so brief, but still, <laughs> but briefer than the actual. Briefer book. than the actual. <laughs> I book. feel like I feel like this is me and Julia like bribing our parent or babe or like badass babysitter for one more uh-huh. story before bedtime, mm-hmm. and then an hour later we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the best thing of all time. <laughs> you you indulge me, and I appreciate that. We loved it. Yeah. We're gonna have great <laughs> dreams. Yes, oh, yeah, they're gonna be cool and full of treants and and like dwarf smithery yeah giant eagles and and wave riding elves mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. Uh, so good. swan boats oh those swan boats and man. don't forget thingle fucking thingle <laughs> fucking thingle, thingle. silver fox every choice is wrong yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well all the choices right except for his name yeah. honestly yeah yeah, yeah silver yeah. fox Tur- turin's the one whose True. every choice is wrong yes. that one correct I already oh, forgot well. the name. <laughs> exactly. Imagine that times like a hundred, and that's the Silmarillion. You are a scholar. But thank you. Maybe I should go back to school for this, or just publish a lot on the internet, and people will start to believe you're an expert. That's my strategy. You're a genius. <laughs> All right. So Emma, yes. Is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, I What's guess. Going on in your life? I guess. Yeah. So this will um, go up likely in like December, January. Type perfect. Time. By this point, Wolf three fifty nine might be done. Mm. But 
which is no. scary. But but that doesn't mean you can't listen to you it can. You if can you listen haven't to listened it. to Wolf Three Fifty Nine before. Shit out of it. Yeah. So it's a sci-fi audio drama series that takes place seven point eight light years from Earth, circling the red dwarf star Wolf Three Fifty Nine. Hey. And I play the mission commander Renee Minkowski. Who I just yes. like identify with on a spiritual level. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm Truly. so glad. Where I'm just like, if everyone listened to me, there would be no problems. Exactly. That's sort of Minkowski's plight in life. Is. I love it. So there's that. Um, and then by the time that this releases, I should have launched my own podcast. Woo-woo. Yeah. Which I believe is going to be called Pairing. Use the present tense, yo. Let's, let's make it. It is being. called Pairing. And it exists. Um, <laughs> and it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It exists about- and it's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. It has a hundred five-star reviews on yes. iTunes. And I'm being courted for... All the awards. All the awards. The so, Podskers. The, Pod- the podcast the Oscars. Pod- Why has no one made the Podskers oh yet, Amanda? Because I've never accessed this part of my brain before. There well, you know, Wolf 359, we were we were nominated for a Webby Award. Yeah, which you is were. the Oscars of the internet. Holla. So Only because um, they got there first, not because they're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still prestigious. And it's a, it's so it's got a podcast, a similar, somewhat similar concept in which I pair wine with like books and movies and uh, art and various other things. Um, Amazing. And if yeah, we haven't guest starred yet, we will soon. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank this you has for been coming a pleasure. On. Oh my God. Thank it's you such for a pleasure. Coming. Thank you, you for indulging. so much Tolkien stuff. It was uh, great. Thank you for indulging me. Thanks for being our nerd father. Oh. Yeah, thank you for being our nerdfairy godmother, (laughs) Emma. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, y'all, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Schiaffini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch, on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.